We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. God bless you. Welcome to Refuge Freedom Stories. I'm your guest host, Johnny T. And today my guest is Barbie Engel. Barbie is a best-selling author, blogger, and reality TV personality who lives with multiple rare and chronic diseases. She's a chronic pain educator, a patient advocate, and has served for 10 years as the president of the International Pain Foundation. She's been featured in the media more than 1,500 times with over 25 accolades to her name and is best known as being a cheerleader of hope. Barbie, it's an absolute pleasure to have you on the show today. It is my pleasure to be here, Johnny. I'm excited to share with you and your audience, and let's jump in. Let's dive in and get this going. Okay, that sounds good to me. According to your bio, there's quite an extensive list of chronic pain and different disease struggles that you've had. Some of them I've never heard of. Some of them sound pretty ominous. So maybe you could shed a little bit of light on how that began and tell me how you managed to walk through those things in your life. Yes, I have had some struggles with my health, especially. I like to tell people God gave me beauty and other talents. He did not give me health. So (laughs) I try to use my other talent to live my best life and fulfill my earthly purpose while I'm here. And I first got sick. I was living my best life, so I thought, but actually I wasn't really walking with Jesus and in the purpose of living on earth and why we're here. I took life for granted and I first got endometriosis and I believe God was throwing me little pebbles and they became rocks. And then he dropped a big boulder on me and gave me some rare diseases. Like you're not paying attention. You're not listening. You're not on the right path. Let's go in a different direction and threw me a boulder or a few boulders with rare diseases, reflex sympathetic dystrophy, which is the worst one for me. That caused me to be in a wheelchair for seven years. I also have dystonia where my body locks up. So it's sometimes hard to move hypothyroid, I have migralepsy, which is a type of epilepsy. I've gone through genetic form of breast cancer. I have a lot of different challenges that I am faced with, but I believe that they were signs from God to say, hey, you need to get onto the right path and let's do this together. That's what life is about and make those human connections that you're supposed to be making and make them fruitful and fulfilling and live in my light. And when I did that, I started getting the help and care and things in my life that I needed that God was there 
there with all along. I just took them for granted or didn't see them. I think people do struggle sometimes when they, they feel overwhelmed. You know, they say, why me? And what's going on? Is that what you found yourself? It sounds like it. I didn't ever say why me particularly. <laughs> I didn't have a why. I was going through all these things, but I knew growing up, I felt like since I learned about Jesus and was baptized and made a conscious commitment to Jesus back when I was four years old, I have tried to live in his light. But as I became an adult and got into working and society and real life situations, I didn't continue to carry that with me. So I didn't say why me, so to say. I was more like, I don't understand this, but God, I know you have me. And I also had my dad in my life. He's passed away now and I'll see him in heaven when I get there, but not yet. I'm not ready yet. <laughs> but I had him there to talk to me every day and read the Bible with me and to discuss that, hey, maybe we don't understand what God's purpose is in this, but your whole life got turned upside down. So of course you're going to have struggles and challenges and it's going to help you get on the right path so that you can better face those struggles and challenges. And as I went through that process, it really did help to have that guidance from the people in my life, especially my father, to get through what I was going through. It took three years to get a proper diagnosis. It took another four years to get out of my wheelchair with the proper treatment. And it was one of the hardest struggles I hope I ever faced in my life. But now I know I'm not afraid to lose everything that's earthly because I've done that. I lost my first marriage of 10 years. I went on food stamps for a while. I didn't have a place to live. I lost my ability to drive. My medical bills were over a million dollars. I literally went to what we see on earth is all the things that make us who we are to struggling to find my I am. And now I know I am all things through God that I'm supposed to be. So it definitely was a challenge and a struggle, but I also turned a lot to faith and knew God's got my back. He'll never leave me without shelter of some sort, without food of some sort. Like my needs were taken care of even in my darkest times. And when I stopped and recognized that, it made the why not matter so much. Just hearing what you're talking about, the first thought that comes to my mind is the story of Job. And Job had everything taken away from him and he was afflicted with boils and like all his livestock died and his family all died and everything and everything. And yet he never cursed God, not once. And you know, as he came through that whole journey of faith, God restored multiple times over. And it certainly sounds like he's consistent with that in your life too. Absolutely. I definitely see a lot of correlations with Job and I really feel like God has always been there. I just wasn't always present in fulfilling my side of the bargain, <laughs> what my roles and responsibilities and living my earthly purpose. So now I really concentrate on that and have done so since recognizing that and saying, okay, God sent me the pebbles and the rocks and the boulders and what am I going to do with it? So, you know, let's build something and share his message around the world and show other people his grace. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there's a common phrase that says, you know, in every testimony, there's a test, yes. you know, so those things that you've gone through are for God's purpose. And we don't always see that. We don't recognize it at the time because it's very close to us. It's very dark. 
It can be a real struggle, things like that. Where is God? Those kind of questions, it challenges our faith. But when you look back at it, you can really see, as you've said yourself, the hand of God at incremental times in little ways, all those little faith building steps along that journey to prove that he really is with you. Absolutely. It was my first husband. He did not believe in God when we got married. I thought I had enough God for both of us, but that was not true. Then when I got sick, he couldn't handle the changes in the situation that we were in. And so that relationship ended, but in that process, he found God. And so that was a blessing. But I also said, God, I'm done. I don't want to do a relationship. I'm I'm just going to be in a relationship with you and my family members and the few friends that stuck around. And I'm going to go through life this way. And God said, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> and he introduced me to someone new that I moved to an entirely new state. And my new neighbor happened. My name's Barbie, as you said, my new neighbor happened to be named Ken. So Ken and Barbie. And it was like God's funny joke to say, okay, you think that, but I have something more in store for you. And through getting to know each other and talking and sharing and and starting to attend church together, my husband and I fell in love and we've been happily married since 2007. And it's been a gift from God. Like you said, he has rewarded me with abundance once I started paying attention to the signs and, and listening to him and staying connected to him in my life and not thinking that I have enough for anybody in my life. I have enough for me in my relationship. And I encourage other people to build their relationship as it should be with God and not me as a conduit. I can share my story and talk about the light and talk about the hope and the grace and the forgiveness and all of the things that come with Jesus. It's up to other people to pick that up like my ex-husband did and move forward with it and start to believe themselves and see for themselves how their lives change for the better. Yeah, it's it's very important that, you know, life can bring us to some dark places, right? And it's only through when God takes those scales off our eyes and starts to pull those scales off our eyes that we recognize that we really do need Him. And, you know, He opens up His heart to us and gives us that offer of salvation through a number of different avenues, whether it's you see something on TV or you read something or you hear something or you have a conversation with somebody. And in my mind, He'll always bring circumstances and people across your path to help you find your way to Him either the first time or a follow-up return visit, right? And so it's very, very true what you're saying about the grace of God in people's lives. And I think it's really important that the people that are listening right now to this show understand that no matter how far they are from God at the moment or how far they've strayed from God since getting to know Him, there's always hope. There's always that opportunity. And God isn't willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. Absolutely. Hope is a gift from God. And it's something that he has equipped humanity with. And so it's definitely for me, hope gets me through even the darkest of times. Sometimes in the secular world, we say like our cup is half full or half empty. I say the part that you don't see in my cup because my cup is always full is hope. And so sometimes I need a little bit of hope and sometimes I need a lot of hope and it looks like my cup is empty. But if you know me and you spend some time with me, you will see that the rest that's invisible is that hope of God and what his promises are for us as his people and I as his children. And I use that hope in different situations, depending on what I need to serve that situation that I'm in. Yeah, very true. And, and you know, the word says that faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things 
things not seen. And so your message of hope, obviously, is based on your faith in God and the experience that you've had with God. So tell me how that opened up to you to become, as you call yourself, a cheerleader of hope. How has God used that message that he's given you to touch people's lives and to help them on their journeys? Well, when I say cheerleader, most people envision this physical act of cheering and getting a crowd to follow you. And I see it that way as well. But after I became disabled from the chronic pain and the diseases that I'm living with, I had to change my focus from being a physical cheerleader to a mental cheerleader and to decide to use my gifts from God to make a difference on earth. So that was the switch. I say eight seconds changed my life. I went from doing okay, getting over endometriosis, although that was a struggle, it's more like a pebble. And then all of a sudden these boulders came. Having hope in the darkest time of my life and stopping and recognizing that there was still my gifts from God, my purpose on earth was to be a cheerleader, which I've known since I can remember here on earth. I've known my purpose is to be a cheerleader. But again, pebbles, rocks, boulders, how I was doing it wasn't the way that God had envisioned for me. So I had to change what I was doing and I had no choice through learning patience and taking all the skills I learned as a cheerleader that were not physical, like time management, organization, being able to talk to other people and let them know, hey, I'm going to do it my way. I want you to do it your way, but I want you to be the best you you can be. I'm going to do what I can to be the best me I can be. And that process of losing everything and realizing I didn't lose everything. I just don't have the same job that I used to have. I get to do this different and I get to do this in a better, more purposeful way. And that is where the hope sparked from. But it was the skills that God had been teaching me my whole life and had given me as gifts that I didn't even recognize or realize or give value to until I had this big stop where I had to pay attention and really reevaluate my life and where I was going and what I was doing. And that eight seconds was my moment. Let's talk a little bit about that reevaluation process, because I'm sure some of the people listening are going to ask those questions. Well, how did you walk your way through that? So where did you start? Like you had the recognition that you needed to change. You needed to get your life in line with God's will and purpose for it and the way that he wanted you to live. But what kind of process did you go through to see the gaps, if you want to put it that way? I started questioning myself and looking for the places that were holes in my life or empty things that didn't fit or make sense. I also started realizing that there's a million ways to accomplish something. What is the way that I should be going? Again, patience comes into play. I did not practice patience before getting this rare disease and coming into this. So stopping, slowing down, listening better and being patient in the situation. Even if I don't understand it, it's okay. God's got me. And recognizing that and taking the time that, okay, if I can't see my way through this situation, I need to break it down a little bit more. What is something that I can manage? What is something that I can control? I can control praying. I can control stopping and listening and being patient. And I started to keep a little notepad with me that I write down messages and things that come through and ideas that I have and have started seeing that the seed that I need is already provided by God. He's already given us the seeds. We have to cultivate it and grow it. And so I started saying, well, this looks like a big challenge. And instead of having issues and problems, I started looking at things as challenges. This is part of fulfilling my purpose on earth. How can I get through this challenge? 
to changing my thought process to actually be a positive cheerleader and not just say, go team, yay. But what can we do to make sure that we get the best outcome? Because we only die once. We have to live every day. And I want to keep going and physically die one day when it's my turn. But until then, live the best life I can because this is my chance and my purpose to fulfill. And so breaking it down, creating an oasis around me, taking away negativity as much as possible. We all have negative in our life or stress in our life, but cleaning that up and really getting down and thinking about what is my root purpose here and how can I fulfill that? And the projects that I take on and things that I do in my life, even to this day, that was in 2002, here I am, 2023, I'm still working every day to fulfill that purpose. And sometimes they're harder than others. And I recognize life can be hard. God did not promise us that life would be easy. And a lot of people, when you're reading stories throughout the Bible, you see, oh, they lived through a challenge and they had 40 days in the desert or they went to jail for something that maybe wasn't just, but it was our earthly justice system. And recognizing and realizing life can be hard, but I will still make it through. I will wake up tomorrow and I want to wake up in his light. Yeah, yeah. Amen, for sure. And just as you were talking there, it kind of reminded me of something that I went through by tackling all the smaller ones first. It helped me build a pattern of success and momentum. And as I got closer and closer, I finally came to the place where everything else was already done. So it would be ridiculous for me not to be able to finish when I had 98% of it done. It's kind of the way that I tackled that. But it it reminded me of that when you were talking, because I think that's really important. There's a lot of low-hanging fruit in our life that is easy to deal with. And Jesus very readily shows us those things, you know, whether it's drinking or drugs or whatever it might be for, Mm -hmm. for different people in their lives. Like those things can easily be taken away, but it's some of the deeper issues that we have that are there through either our upbringing or our environment or the things that plague us, whatever it might be. As we get that momentum, God helps us to have that faith to build on to be successful against those bigger giants in our life. Yeah, absolutely. Tackling our strongholds and really getting through life to live in our purpose. It takes practice. And in cheerleading, our coaches would say, practice makes perfect. And I learned practice makes better. And it's okay as humans, if we mess up or make a mistake, as long as we are working towards finding our purpose, fulfilling our purpose and living the best life that we can around our purpose, which is through Jesus Christ. Yeah, absolutely. So talking more about purpose, I personally believe that everybody has a purpose for God. They just don't realize they it yet. They just don't know it yet. Yep. <laughs> they just don't know it yet. Some people, like you say, you know yourself, when you were young, you knew what it was. In whatever concept you understood it to be, you right. knew what your purpose was going to be. For others, it's harder because there's different things, influences, whatever it might be that tend to cloud that. And one of the things that I've been really thinking a lot about, especially in my prayer life, is, you know, God is. That's all I need to say. God is. Period. And period. Yeah. And, you know, nothing is too hard for God, right? Jeremiah tells us nothing is too hard for God. And I think when we look at the mountains and the boulders and the pebbles, as you say, in our life, when we compare that to God is, it's really no challenge at all. You know, not that it's going to be easy. Like you said, life is hard. Everything in life is hard, but the grace of God is there to help us through those things. Absolutely. Amen. (laughs) It it really is. And if you're feeling overwhelmed or you're listening and you feel like, oh, I don't know what my purpose is, you know, stop and do a couple things. First, my brother suggested this to me and it's been helpful throughout my life. And he said, just whatever you're going through, open up the Bible and read the first passage you come to. 
And that a lot of times will be a good guide to where you need to go. And, you know, I, I've done that many times through the years. And then the second thing is, it was taught to me by a therapist, and he didn't mean it in a Christian type of way, but he gave me a homework assignment to go home and write down all my I ams. Mm -hmm. And I was struggling with that. And he called me halfway through the week and said, your homework is due in a couple of days. I just want to check on you and make sure you're okay. And I was like, I am nothing. And he's like, oh no, you are so many things. And he said, first, you're a Christian. So why don't you start with, I am spiritual. And, you know, many times through the Bible, God says, I am, and he passes on this message. And we can say, I am all things through God. And having that first thing is I am spiritual. Help me write down my I ams. And by the time I got to his office, I had 50 I ams. By the time I left his office, I had 75. And over the years I've added, and I have over 150 now. So God has given me abundance and gifts that I didn't even recognize because I didn't stop to pay attention and be patient and hear his voice. And when I did that, even though it wasn't meant to be Christian as something to do, I suggest that Christians make note of their I ams and refer back to those in your hard times when you aren't feeling your best or you're having a really hard time with something. Check your I am list, put it in writing so you can go back and look at that and open up the Bible and see what is the message? Where are you supposed to start when you don't know where to start? And I think that applies to people that are believers as well, because they can be in a really dark place and that can be hope in itself to say when life just seems so out of control or miserable or dark or whatever, put a pen to paper, as you said, and you can find some positive I ams to build on. It just takes one, as you said. I am spiritual. It just takes one to get the ball rolling. And God is I am. God is the I am. And so it makes sense that, you know, those I ams that he's embedded in us are a reflection of his character and the things that he wants to use in this world, right? Absolutely. So let me ask you one question. Okay. If you were going to tell people something about God, what would be the one thing that you would tell them? It's never too late to start a connection and communication with God. He's always there. He's waiting for you. So step up and take that into your life and move forward from there. Yes, you're human. You'll make mistakes. It's okay. Just start. As far as how people can find you, website, whatever, how would they reach out to you? How would they find you? How would they get an understanding of what it is that you're talking about? You can go to barbieingle.com, Barbie with a Y, Ingle with an I. And I'm on all the social medias as well. And when a Bible verse speaks to me, I will post that Bible verse and, and share it because I believe that that's a way that I can express. Maybe you need to hear this message also. And I also have nine books and some of them have to do with spirituality and my journey with chronic pain and spirituality. So you can check me out on Amazon or any local bookstore for some of my books. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been a great pleasure talking with you and getting a better understanding of what it means to truly be a true leader of hope. Thank you so much for having me, Johnny. Okay, God bless. Come on, let's go. I feel it too. Come on with me. We'll make it through. We're here. Strong
that you have enjoyed the last half hour as much as I did. Thank you again to Refuge Ministries Canada for hosting the show. So until next Friday, may God richly bless you with peace, love, and happiness. We at Refuge Ministries are so blessed by the success of Refuge Freedom Stories and podcasts. In addition, we focus on youth prison ministry, release kits, and many other diverse outreaches to the needs of our community. As a nonprofit, there are many costs involved, however, and we are asking for your support. Financial gifts can be made via our website at www.refugeministriescanada.com or by calling 519-701-0108. Your giving makes this work possible, and we thank you in advance for your support. That's 519-701-0108. God bless you.